You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Doctor's Lounge Show with Dr. Hal Schurz. Welcome into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz, and each week we bring you the information that doctors talk about in doctor's lounges all over the country. Um, We uh, are sponsored by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which is the only physician-led healthcare think tank in the country. And um, uh, the Docs for Patient Care Foundation stands for the doctor-patient relationship and for healthcare freedom for all Americans. And... um, This show is going to be a deviation from the uh, usual uh, type of show that we have each week, and it's with a heavy heart that I'm sharing news that I thought would not be possible with my listening audience. At 2300 hours on May 16th, four days ago, God took my dear friend Felicia Horton into the kingdom of heaven. Many of you listening may not know Felicia, but over the next hour, I hope that you will get an idea of what a special person she was. She was the executive director of Docs for Patient Care, and um, she uh, is is uh, going to be missed, and I'm going to uh, invite people to call into the show today. Uh, this is uh, different than what we usually do, so those of you who are listening to this show can uh, call in and, and share a memory. The number, if you don't have it, is 470-223-4979. Um, this show is dedicated to the memory of Felicia Horton, and I appreciate the opportunity to be able to do this, and thank you for indulging me, and I hope that uh, you stay tuned and listen to the entire show. Um, the show will proceed for the next hour without a commercial break. I've asked people who were close to Felicia to listen to this show and call in and share a memory. Most people don't know this, but Felicia is responsible for my doing this show in the first place and had uh, made contact with uh, David Moxley, who is the um, owner and producer of the um, America's Web Radio station where we do this show, and she um, was very much gung-ho about us doing this. And Felicia listened to this show um, every week after I did the show, um, we would call, we would speak to each other, and I'm sure she's listening to the show right now somewhere up in heaven and would very much approve of what we're going to be doing today. I had hoped to be joined this morning by my co-host, Dr. Scott Barber, um, but unfortunately his day job taking care of fixing broken bones stood in the way. Um, And I know he would have wanted to be here with me today, but I I, um, expect that he'll be calling in sometime during the show as well. Before we go any further, I um, would ask anyone listening to the show today um, that they um, make a donation in Felicia's memory to one of the two organizations that were near and dear to her heart. One, of course, is the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, the organization that she was the executive director of since its inception almost 14 years ago. According to her husband, Jeff, her involvement with Docs for Patient Care and with everyone involved helped to redefine her life and gave her purpose, doing something that she considered so important every day. The other organization that Felicia and Jeff's 
feel very strongly about was Tunnels to Towers, a charity benefiting the families of fallen military members, policemen, and firemen. It's an organization that Jeff, a retired naval officer, found to be one of the best in giving back to families of those who made the ultimate sacrifice for their country or their community. So please be generous. Contribute today in Felicia's memory to one of those two charities. So let me begin by sharing with you a little bit about the Docs for Patient Care story, something that we really never do on this show. And the Docs for Patient Care story is in essence, the story of the collaboration between Felicia and myself. Soon after Obama was elected president, it became clear about what his plans for health care were, and they were very ominous. It was going to be very bad for patients. Watching this made me angrier by the day. It drove me to the point of needing to do something, and I knew nothing at that time about politics or public policy. I was a doctor. I took care of patients every day, and it was something that I had no knowledge about, but I did have a fire in my belly. Something just sparked when Obama made such horrible comments about doctors and and his intention for where what patients should um, be accepting from the government. And so I felt it was important to organize doctors to fight back against the government and our feckless medical organizations that were accomplices to the Obama plans of further government intrusion into health care and the demise of the doctor-patient relationship. One of the first things that I did back then was to call internationally syndicated radio shows and let hosts know that all doctors were not sheep. They were making claims, where were the doctors? Why were they not rising up and fighting back against what was being proposed about the rhetoric that was being spewed against them? I, I had to say that we were not okay with this. And after calling into one particular show, the U. Hewitt Show, my life changed in many ways that I could not have foreseen. Because, you see, Felicia Horton, who had done work for you, listened regularly to that show. And she heard me on the air, and somehow she tracked me down. I still don't know to this day how she did it, but she stalked me. And she was relentless in in um, in wanting to work with me. Um, and everybody who knows Felicia knows how persistent she could could have been. And so she called me, and we had a conversation that lasted several hours. And of course, that's not surprising for her. She she did most of the talking. Um, and I did not realize at that time that she was stalking me and would stop at nothing to work on a project in healthcare which she dearly wanted to take take part in. And I soon discovered that you could not say no to Felicia. Well, these 
initial discussions blossomed into an enduring friendship and bond that lasted the rest of her days. She took the idea that I had, which was to create a national organization of doctors across 50 states, intended to advocate for patients' rights at the state and national level, and ran with it. She had connections everywhere, and she knew people who were sympathetic to what we were doing. She twisted arms when they needed to be twisted, but mostly she used her southern charm to get people to see things her way. And she exuded that southern charm, and she got people and businesses and services to give us help at almost charitable rates because we really had no money to pay for it. And together, we built an organization which people are still talking about in Washington today. D.C. was where we initially focused our attention, and she was all about putting on a show, and, and she wanted to make a big splash when we got there. She wanted us to stand out, and she wanted people to know we were there. And in order to make that impression, she insisted on doctors going to Washington wearing white coats. On our first trip to Washington, we had well over 100 doctors, and she made it clear that you needed to bring your white coat when you came. I remember one doctor had a gray coat (laughs) because that's all that they had in their hospital, and that had to suffice. But the rest of us brought our white coats. Now, I pushed back real hard on this because I thought that this was so hokey and and just not classy and she just she she wouldn't hear of it and said that this is what we were doing and of course this is just what the doctor ordered she branded the effort white coats on washington and it became our signature look for every one of more than the dozen trips we took to washington in those early years to fight against obamacare now, she knew so many people working in healthcare and in the conservative movement who embraced what we were doing and took us under their wings. People like Bridget Wagner and Bob Moffat at the Heritage Foundation, who Felicia persuaded to host so many events on behalf of Docs for Patient Care. People like Grace Marie Turner, who heads the Galen Institute, who was always so generous um, to Felicia and in turn to us, teaching us about healthcare policy and giving her time and expertise to us. And Sally Pipes, who heads the Pacific Research Institute, who has been a partner in so many projects that we have undertaken. And of course, Cleta Mitchell, who was a dear friend of Felicia's and helped us in so many ways to navigate legal problems and keep us out of jail. Yes, keep us out of jail. Now, I'm going to take a breath here. We've got callers calling in who wish to um, share some memories about Felicia. And I think on the line we have Grace Marie Turner from the Galen Institute. Good morning, Grace Marie. Not not for a minute. I'm going to take a little bit of owner privilege here and say that I only had the pleasure of meeting 
Felicia one time, but I did go to her many times. And if you email Felicia, you knew you were going to get a response. And that's, I guess, for lack of better words, she was, she was, and uh, I'm sure she's taken her place in heaven as the go-to person. And uh, she was definitely that. You knew that you could, re- you knew that she was going to return your email. And uh, so, with that, let me uh, get uh, Grace Marie on just a moment. Grace Marie. We we have a second until Grace Marie comes in. She's coming into the line. Good morning, Grace Marie. Good morning, Grace Marie. With you, but under such sad circumstances, isn't it? It it is. To lose Felicia so so young, and I I was thinking about you know what's the one word that you would think about. to really define and describe her, and I think it would be devotion. Not only was she a wonderful, faithful Christian and loved Jesus, but she was so devoted to DPC and to you that it was really, and that's why she would answer emails. You know, not only would you be sure to get an an email answer, but you'd get it right away because she was just so devoted and believed so much in what um, what you were doing and what all so many of the, the docs are doing to put doctors and patients back at the center of our healthcare system. But I just, I just, it is, it's a tr- really a tragic loss. But if our memory of her can be of her devotion and having us have carry on some part of that, as you all do, but an extra devotion to honor Felicia. Well, that's that's beautiful, Grace Marie, and I I know that she would appreciate those those kind words. And I think devotion is certainly one of the adjectives that would um, describe Felicia um, aptly. Um, I also think another one would be relationships, because she developed relationships, and um, when you were brought into her inner circle. Um, you you knew that uh, that she really cared for you and and she had uh, and you had a special place in her heart and she had so many relationships. That's all right. Maybe so. Another another word also would be genuine. That she was truly a genuine, faithful friend who honored friendships and honored commitments that she made as well. She just made such a huge difference. In, in the success of, of DPC and I, I think probably the last time I saw her in person was at your wonderful conference in Orlando that was so wonderfully well attended and I mean Felicia was just the person that made everything click so well and go so smoothly but she put in countless hours to make sure things behind the scenes to make sure things in front of the stage on the stage really went well and that is I think true really the rest of her life she always put you all first 
Well, we, we all know that, and we appreciated that about her. And uh, behind the scenes is is really um, the, the key here, because it was never about her, and she didn't want any credit. She wanted to pass along the credit to everybody else. Yeah, that's exactly right. I just uh, honor honor her legacy and have the fondest, most wonderful memories of her and hope that we all can um, pray for her soul and, and pray for that we can also have some measure of her devotion and her genuineness. Well, that's that's very beautiful, Grace Marie, and I appreciate you calling in and sharing a memory with us today, and I'm going to let you go, and I hope to see you very soon. Yes, hope to bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. So many people helped us along the way to develop Docs for Patient Care, because, um, and uh, and it was um, it was uh, Docs for Patient Care uh, developed because of people that she knew that she can call on to help, um, and she would make connections for us, or we would make connections for her, and she would follow up on them. And Felicia relied on her network of friends to help us day in and day out in operations or whenever we had meetings around the country. Um, we just talked with Grace Marie about relationships, and Felicia was the, a masterful at developing relationships. And she would twist the arms of her great friends to make Docs for Patient Care succeed. People like Bob Jacobus and Patty Mager, who people out there don't know who these people are, but without their help that Felicia um, uh, called upon, um, Doctor Patient Care would not be where it is today. People like Marion Frank and Jody Campbell, I'm sorry, Carol, who were married to doctors, who had the same fire in their belly about Docs for Patient Care, who Felicia embraced and became part of our working group. And soon Felicia's friends became part of our family at Docs for Patient Care. We built a website after she called on her buddy Alan Fuller and twisted his arm to build it for us and, and uh, get it to us for virtually no cost at all. The list of people she had, her Rolodex was endless. She called on all these people to help us to grow and to become better and more successful. I was fortunate to have been put in contact with all of the Salem talk show hosts in those early days and had the opportunity to work with them. One of them was uh, Mike Gallagher, who, who I was able to do shows with. And Felicia loved this. She just ate this up. And she was all about making the most of these opportunities. Um, it was Lee Habib, though, who is the vice president at Salem, who connected me with Tony Dolan, a former speechwriter for Ronald Reagan, and this proved to be a major turning point in our communications ability at Docs for Patient Care. Tony taught me how to write for the public and not for medical journals, as I had done for several decades prior to this. 
I became pretty good at it, and Felicia exploited this and had me writing as much as possible. We brought Tony in as a consultant, but Tony was a bomb thrower, and he wanted to make big splashes, something that appealed to my renegade side, but Felicia was way more measured than that and wanted to make sure that everything was lined up perfectly to handle any fallout from any article that would go viral and potentially cause damage to docs for patient care. Um, He and Felicia, Tony and Felicia, were like oil and water, but... Eventually, as always, Felicia was the one who won, and realizing that we can only have one chief on communications, that would be Felicia, and Tony did not like being an Indian, so we had to part ways with Tony, and Felicia commanded the communications aspect of Docs for Patient Care along with Bob Jacobus for quite some time up till today. And I'm going to take another phone caller who's calling in. I'm Dr. Mike, who former former co-host with me on the, on the Doctor's Lounge. Mike, welcome back. Thank you, Hal. Um, I had always been wanting an opportunity to get back on the air with you, but not like this. You have some some memories of Felicia. I'm sure you'd like to share with everybody. Well, yeah. I mean, think back to the early days, Hal. And I, I know you've been spending some time doing that already. But um, you know, we were we were full of energy. We were full of passion for what we wanted to do. But we really had no idea how to do it. Um, you know, we were we were doctors by by self selection and training. You know, we have a we have a skill set. But you know, politics and advocacy and and you know this kind of Washington D.C. work was was not on the list of talents that we were born with. And I, speaking for myself, when we first started these, I mean, I, I had no idea what to do. And of course, you know, you were a great mentor as well. But there were there were so many trips with Felicia that you know I'd say I'm coming up to D.C. to do something, and she would take the train down from Philadelphia when they lived there, and and um you know she would brief me on who I was going to meet and what I needed to do and the mistakes to avoid and then afterward I'd share what I learned and the experience and she would you know educate me some more and you know it it became a, a wonderful relationship i mean we were like each other's wingmen i mean you know we'd call each other maverick and goose because of the way it felt <laughs> and, and um it was it, it's I, I will always cherish those memories i'll we'll miss her terribly and you know from a from an emotional standpoint you know at this moment i I just i just i don't know how we'll go on but obviously we will we will because we must and 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 we will because it's clearly what she would have us do um but uh yeah it's it's still i still can't get my arms around it i mean you know how it is you know you go to work and you see a few patients and you get your mind off it and then you 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 think about it again and that that wave hits you all over again and that that's happened to me about a dozen times this week and and um you know I, I still i still can't believe we're doing this i still can't believe it but uh we have to do the right thing and honor her memory and and continue the work as of course we all will 
Mike, thank you so much for sharing this, this uh, ver- signing the verbal memory book about Felicia, which I'm um, asking others to do today as well. And I know that um, the, the kind words that you said about her, um, she, she would have uh, been uh, too humble to, to uh, accept them, but, but uh, we all know how special she was to each and every person. She developed special relationships that were unique with all the people that she came in contact with. Yeah. Indeed. So, Mike, thanks for calling well, in. We've we've got we've got another caller on the line who who has been an essential part of Docs for Patient Care and um, and one of Felicia's closest friends for decades, um, Bob Jacobus. Bob, welcome back. Let me let me uh, drop Mike. Oh, okay. We uh, we're gonna we're gonna let Bob Jacobus come in uh, to the doctor's lounge and share a memory about Felicia. Good morning, Bob. Welcome into the doctor's lounge. I know he's there. Welcome into the doctor's lounge, Bob. Thanks for joining us this morning. All right. Thanks so much. It's horrible that we're having it under these circumstances and. Uh, Thanks so much for having me on, Hal. Felicia and I go back, yeah, like you said, multiple decades. Uh, she connected me, actually, to the work of Dr. Patient Care uh, because she was putting her faith in action in a real way in the public square. Uh, I had a family member that was uh, injured as a child, and we were injured twice. Um, we were injured once by a disease and a second time by an administrative state and a healthcare system that left us hopelessly in debt. And she uh, reached out to me uh, telling me about work she was doing with a new organization and little did I know that it would consume the next 10 years or so of my life as we worked to get real healthcare to real people on the front lines. And, uh, you know, as you guys have been saying, Felicia had this amazing knack to twist your arm and do a pretzel to get you to do all the, the, the good work that, uh, the doctor patient care has been trying to do. We actually, uh, met years prior to that, uh, working on a, a ministry effort called Stand for Africa, where we were trying to help with the AIDS orphans crisis that was going on in Uganda and Kenya and actually traveled there as a result of her connections and her amazing abilities to connect people. So I am uh, the gut punch. You know, she she really has been a logistical and catalytic hub for the Doctor Patient Care Foundation for more than a decade. And it's uh, a heartbreaking thing to lose her. Uh, I'm utterly confident that she has stepped into glory because she is one of those people that spent almost every waking moment considering how she could live out her faith, and she did it in an extraordinarily practical way, representing Jesus Christ incredibly well through her deeds throughout her life and in very practical ways in her church work, in her volunteer work, and obviously through the work she did with Docs. And it's just a staggering loss right now for the organization. Well, not just a staggering loss for the organization, but a staggering loss for 
everybody who knew her and everybody who has not yet met her. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she will be sorely, yeah, her, sorely missed. I was going to say, it, it, you know, when you have a forward-facing organization like the, the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, now you, you articulated it well. It was basically a just a fellowship of, of physicians that were frustrated with what normal people don't see, the behind the scenes of medical care and delivering that care. And Felicia took a group of physicians that were already overstressed and overworked in their regular careers and turned it into a national association that had real influence on the bureaucratic state, on the administrative state within Washington. And I, I kind of echo what Mike uh, Kutuk just said, Dr. Mike, um, that this needs to go on. This, this, uh, cause she has helped cement and lay a foundation that should echo down through the, the decades of here in America. Here, here. Bob, th- th- those are beautiful thoughts, and I know that, uh, uh, Felicia would have appreciated them. I know that her husband Jeff surely appreciates that, and um, and thanks and, so much, Jeff. And I appreciate you being with us this morning. Bless everybody. Talking, going back to, um, uh, we have another caller on the line, but let me just let me um, move on with the docs for patient care story. Um, the uh, I can remember several brawls that she and I had over some of my writing, some of the articles that I submitted without going through her first. She was ready to quit and said that she will stop working with me if I did not promise to stop going rogue on her. And um, as much as I wanted to really stick an eye in a finger in the eye of the man, the, the bureaucrats out there. Um, I, I promised her that I would never write another piece again without letting her read it first. And uh, she um, usually did not make any corrections. Occasionally, she would tell me, "Don't release it yet." But but she uh, always uh, got to got to oversee everything that I was doing that had the docs for patient care. Um, uh, mantle attached to it. The names of the doctors that worked with us, worked with her in the creation uh, and the development of Docs for Patient Care are too numerous to mention, but I would be remiss if I did not at least name a few names. Uh, current board members of Docs for Patient Care, which include our president, Dr. Lee Gross, um, the vice president and former co-host of the show who you heard from already, Dr. Mike Karuchik, Dr. Ori Hampel, who's been uh, absolutely essential in Texas politics and, and getting the Docs for Patient Care message um, out there at the state level, and, and not just the state, but nationally. Um, Dr. Scott, who's on the line right now, who I'm going to bring in for a second, in just a second, who has um, been with us at almost right from the very beginning. And then there were those who are no longer working with us who were instrumental in our early success, people like Dr. Dick Armstrong, 
Doctors Todd Rubin and Mark Nierhoff and Jeff English. There were too, far too many doctors to name that Felicia had personal relationships with in helping to build this organization. And if I left out any names, it surely was not intentional. There's so many people that she had relationships with, and our friends became her friends. And we're going to hear from Dr. Scott, my co-host on the show, uh, Dr. Scott Barber. Welcome, in, welcome into the show, Scott. I wish you were here in person. Hey, thanks, Hal. I wish I was there too. Um, you know, especially for a day like this. Uh, you know, I, I became an orthopedic surgeon because when it comes to uh, difficult uh, conversations like this, I just don't know what to say. <laughs> um, Felicia was uh, was one of the most uh, generous people I'd ever met. Um, she was selfless to a fault. Um, she was a person of very deep faith. And, um, you know, I'm somebody who's been kind of struggling with my faith over the years. I, I think that's kind of a common, common, uh, aspect of the, the human, human journey through life. But I remember, uh, going down to some event years ago and, and she came up to me and she said, she hadn't seen me in a while. And she said, I noticed something different about you that, that seems like the spirit is in you more. And I remember thinking to myself how much that meant to me that uh, she picked up on something like that and um, and brought it to my attention and made me feel like I was doing a better job at becoming a better person. It meant a lot that she's the one who said it to me. Well, that's, that's really something. You know, I think that <clears throat> Felicia saw the good in everybody and uh and can uh she had a, a talent of bringing that out wouldn't you say yeah <clears throat> if you can turn your volume up a little higher i can barely hear what you're saying but um you, you know this concept of, of felicia she really was she was generous to a fault it was almost like a caricature of of how good of a person she was and you know, it was it was like you had to know her for years to understand that was really who she was. She was just so generous. Um, she uh, she was always uh, interested in helping other people. Um, you know, the work that she did with us. You know, I don't think she was compensated for the vast majority of it, but she did it because she felt it was the right thing to do, and she was just a generally giving person and. Uh, you know, to have her taken from us uh, so soon is is uh, still still a little tough to take, and and uh, you know, I don't think the whole thing has really set in on me yet. Yeah, I, I think that we all feel the same way, Scott, and um, you know, I, I think it'll take a while for this to sink in for for many people, but. Um, she will. Uh, she was loved by many. She'll be missed by by more, and um, you know. And I and I appreciate your calling in and and sharing uh, um, memory about yeah, Felicia. Okay. Yeah. Scott, you're Brett. You're. Oh. You're having a relationship. 
yeah, we had we, you're, you you had a bad a bad moment there, but I think you said you want to keep our spirit alive, and and as we all do. And uh, Scott, thanks for calling in, and and I, and again, uh, I I'm sure that you'll probably have more to say when you're doing your show next week. But but thanks thanks for uh, sharing a, a personal memory in this uh, homage to uh, Felicia today. You bet, Hal. Okay. Be well. Bye-bye. Um, I built a relationship with Herman Cain um, uh, when when he was alive. And I loved Herman. He was the real deal. He was Mr. 999 and all that stuff. He had a radio show here in Atlanta. And I was on his show numerous times and got to know him quite well and I got him to come to one of our national meetings as a keynote speaker during the height of his presidential run and in fact that was the time when those smear tactics came out against him and he um, came to our meeting nonetheless and uh, and he uh, he was, was not to be deterred and he was superb. And Felicia thought that this was the best thing ever. And she just ingratiated herself to Herman Cain's staff and inner circle and eventually became friends with Herman himself and developed a, f- a close relationship with Herman that actually um, surpassed my relationship with him. And that's what she was all about. She That was her M.O. She became friends with everybody, and, so, and she um, became better friends than the person who, who uh, introduced her to that person. And um, uh, becoming friends with the supporting team of the person um, was her was her uh, the way that she operated? She had relationships with every person that we introduced her to, whether it was Tom Price or Newt Gingrich or other congressmen or other senators that we had relationships with. When we introduced Felicia with them, she she cultivated it. She took that seedling and put it in the ground and made it grow even stronger than the relationships that we personally had with those people that we connected her with. Um, And we've got another caller on the line um, who is going to share a memory. We've got Dr. Ori coming in. uh, Listen, listen, listen. I'm I'm sorry. Listen. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, okay? I really am sorry. I had to take my daughter to Intercontinental Airport this morning. And I... I didn't know I was going to be stuck. I didn't know I was going to be stuck. I'm really sorry. Okay. Are you there, Ori? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Were you apologizing to us? Hello? Ori, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Yes, not well, but I can hear you. Um, we're having a little trouble with my audio today, but you have a memory to uh, share with Fel- about Felicia, don't you? Yes, absolutely. Please, please, um, uh, please do so. 
So back in January, February of uh, 2010, my bride, Daniela, was listening to Dr. Hal Schurz on the Dennis Prager show and said, uh, you need to get involved with these people because they're trying to protect the physician-patient relationship and save the country's health care. So, you know, I'm just a doctor. I'm a urologist. I'm just a plumber. I don't know anything about politics. And Daniela said, you need to go to Washington because 20 years from now, when our, you know, God forbid, should the healthcare system uh, become like other countries, uh, our kids are going to say, where were you, Dad, when this was coming down? And so you better do something. So I said, okay. And I canceled a bunch of patients and surgeries, and I flew to Washington, and I walked into the Heritage Foundation for a Docs for Patient Care meeting with the idea of going lobbying. And unfortunately, the Affordable Care Act was signed the day before. And I walked into the Heritage Foundation. The first person who was there to greet me was Felicia. And she was on the side. And she basically took me under her wing and explained to me, quote, you know, how the sausage is made, unquote, how legislation works and how politics works. And she had knowledge that is not found in any book. But the one thing that, that I always was extremely awed about, about Felicia, that she totally awed me, and especially because I'm used to being around doctors, and doctors like to be in the limelight. They like to lead the team. They like to call the shots. And Felicia was thrived on being the one behind the scenes. She never took the limelight. We had to force her to appear in pictures. She never took credit for anything, even though she ran everything. And she basically told us what to do, where to go, what to say, how to say it, who to talk to, who not to talk to. She basically guided us because we're doctors. We don't understand this environment of Washington and politics and media and legal and this selflessness and... uh, and the total dedication of Felicia was truly unique. And especially how much she got accomplished, which was tremendous, and never took credit. She was always in the background and never jumped on the limelight, in the limelight. That's absolutely correct. You know, um, there, there are um, people who who um, do the work behind the scenes, whether it's TV shows or movies or, 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 um, or policy groups like Docs for Patient Care. Those are the people that really stand up organizations and, uh, and, and you hit the nail on the head right there, Ori. She, she really um, uh, made it possible for everyone else to succeed. And uh, right, and and whenever one of us was on a television show, or wrote an article, or was in a debate, or presented or organized a conference, none of that was ever po- 
possible without Felicia making it all happen. Right. She had her hand in everything, and for considering we really had no staff except for Felicia, she did accomplish a tremendous amount. Again, utilizing her Rolodex and network of friends and confidants to make it possible for things to get accomplished. It was it was truly it that was truly correct. astounding. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I know that Ori won't take credit for this, but Felicia was, was um, you know, ill um, the last few weeks. That's when we found out about this. And Ori had been the point person in really um, uh, talking with the doctors in the hospital where she was at and, and uh making sure that the team went through him and he got the information and in in many cases um, helped give them some direction about how to manage her and unfortunately um, she she had too far serious a condition for that to really have any impact and we appreciate yeah we appreciate everything that you did in in her in her um, last days Ori well, I mean, I would, I would, you know, I would absolutely do it again. I just, I just wish she was still with us uh, because she wasn't just a resource for Dr. Patient Care Foundation. Uh, she was a resource really for America. I mean, she was dedicated to, you know, everybody as far as patients and the physician-patient relationship and the politics of the country to head in the right direction you know, to have, you know, basically to preserve our great country and to advance it forward. And that was her whole dedication to her whole life. And uh, I found out from talking to Jeff that she was involved with raising funds for military families and their children and all kinds of different projects that I didn't even know she was doing uh, on the side simultaneously. Yeah. She was- and she was... She was Truly a, di- a great person. She was a dynamo. And I'm going to miss her. Yeah, yeah, as we will. I'm going to miss her so much. Yes, as we all will. Ori, thank you for calling in today and sharing uh, a memory of Felicia Horton. Be, be well, all right, thank be well you, my Pat. friend. We're nearing the end of the show. If anybody wants to call in, there may be time for one more call, 470-223-4979. Um, you know, um, JFK said that victory has a hundred fathers, but failure is an orphan. And um, Docs for Patient Care was a success without, not with a hundred fathers, but with one mother. And uh, that was really Felicia Horton who who uh, who guided us through the early days of Docs for Patient Care and helped us um, when we needed to make a pivot because. We have determined that Docs for Patient Care would be more successful and could accomplish more if we moved into a foundation model instead of a membership organization. And as we made that switch, we changed our focus as an organization and concentrated on issues that we felt could have the greatest impact. Under 
the leadership and direction of our current president, Dr. Lee Gross, who is a founding father of the direct primary care movement. Felicia worked with him to position docs for patient care in the middle of the ongoing discussions under the Trump administration to loosen the shackles of health care and put in place that were put in place by the Obama administration. Um, thanks to the work that Lee did with Felicia, at last we had a voice at the table in Washington to help shape public health care policy. Now, our foundation needed funding, and Felicia was right in the middle of helping us get this done. And we made contacts, I made contacts, with the Marcus Foundation and the Physicians Foundation and opened that door, which Felicia walked through boldly and did all the hard work behind the scenes, along with Brenda Manley, to crunch numbers and work out budgets so that we could put on these direct primary care meetings that Grace Marie Turner talked about at the top of the show that were the envy of every organization that were trying to do direct primary care meetings. We did it better than anybody, and that's because of the hard work that Felicia Horton did to make that happen. We have another caller on the line. We have of uh, Elizabeth, a uh, close friend of Felicia's. Good morning, Elizabeth. Hi, good morning. You have a memory about Felicia you'd like to share? I sure do. Uh, we lived in Japan together. Our husbands were stationed there with the Navy, and we were dependent spouses together. And she, this was 20 years ago or more. But Felicia came into our lives exactly the same way she came into yours, just... Uh, on fire to get some things done and get to know everybody and make friends with everybody and um, she she was just a treat and a joy from the minute I met her. Wow. Well, you know, I'm I'm sure that uh, that she would have loved to uh, have heard what you have said. I'm sure she's listening, as I said earlier, to this radio show. Um, in heaven as she has listened to every single show that I have done um, it, for the last nine years. and, and I, I am absolutely sure of that. And I'm glad that we can... It was so nice to hear all the things that you had to say. So wonderful to hear your report of her and how you all have had such a positive experience and it, you know just it makes me cry and proud and happy all at the same time i am feeling so terrible for jeff and thinking about him and what he must be going through and it's it's a real loss for as you said just a minute ago or somebody said just a minute ago a real loss for america she, she really was somebody that had a huge impact Yes, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Elizabeth, thank you so much for calling in and sharing a memory about Felicia. Thanks for today. having me. Felicia became like a sister to me. She often told me that when she had arguments with her husband, Jeff, when she would be just in the throes of an argument out of exasperation instead of yelling Jeff's name, she would shout out my name instead. And apparently it's because I made her equally angry <laughs> as Jeff had. And she just, in, in a, a fit of rage, forgot who she was talking to and, and threw my name out instead. 
um, she was like a work wife to me, and and uh, I to and uh, and I guess I was a work husband to her, as we often um, called each other. And we sometimes fought like brother and sister, but we always put different opinions aside and moved on because we both wanted the same things and we knew that we had to work together and trust one another to achieve it and we always did have that trust amongst us felicia was southern when she wanted to be she was northern when she had to be and she was always concerned about others she always asked about other people's families and she took a deep interest in their lives and she remembered things about people's families that they would share with her she was trained as a southern woman to always do the right thing to write a personal thank you card or letter never an email to find just the right thank you gift for somebody who is a guest speaker or who did something special for you. She always knew the best antique stores in all the major cities in the U.S. And I will always think about her when I uh, pass a Christmas store. She loved Christmas. She loved ornaments. And I was always looking for that perfect old Miss Christmas ornament for one of her seven Christmas trees and I regret that I could never ever find just the right one that I thought would be the perfect one for her. She loved Ole Miss football so much and SEC football just a little bit less. She would always call or text me during a Georgia-Alabama game and uh, rub it in when Alabama beat Georgia, which they usually did. I will always think about Felicia when I see a Diet Coke. Life will be a bit emptier without her. I always called her after the Doctor's Lounge show from my car on my way into work and asked her, how'd I do? And she would always say, well, you know, she'd find find the good in the show, and then she would have a little criticism of something I could have done better. But we would always discuss the topic that I had brought up, and it would stimulate her to think about something else that she can do um, that uh, or learn about or read about. She was always researching, and if she didn't know something that we talked about, she was always looking to educate herself and learn more about it. She was inquisitive and and uh, always trying to get better about um, the things that she was involved in and even the things that she wasn't. I loved Felicia Horton, and I will miss her very much, as I know so many people will. Our mutual friend, Marion Frank, wrote a text to me this week that um, that I am going to remember because we're all crying over Felicia's passing and I um, uh, and and Marion texted that 
she was actually smiling because the thought that she had in her mind was that of Herman Cain standing at the gates of heaven ready to welcome Felicia with open arms. And that makes me smile too. I appreciate the opportunity for um, you to be with me today and allow me to share the memory of Felicia Horton with all of you. Felicia was essential to the Docs for Patient Care Foundation and to the Doctors Lounge radio show. And um, she will be missed but never forgotten. And um, and this was my gift to her, my gift to Jeff. Um, and I appreciate you allowing me to give that gift um, to her and to Jeff. I want to remind everybody about the charities that she was um, in support of, um, the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which can be found at d4pcfoundation.org. And wounded, I'm sorry, and uh, Tunnels to Towers, um, which is tunnelstotowers.org. Um, both of those charities were um, uh, very, very important to her. And you can make a donation to those charities in honor of, of Felicia in her memory. And I know that she would very much want you to do so. So um, I want to. This is, we're coming to an end of the show, and I want to um, thank everyone who called in today, who um, shared a memory. Uh, it's a, a verbal memory in this uh, in this verbal memory book that uh, is going to be um, there for posterity as a podcast that uh, that Jeff will be able, her husband Jeff will be able to share with everyone who. Um, is not a regular listener to this show, and I know that they will um, be um, they'll be so so moved by what everybody had to say about her, and um, and it's all heartfelt because um, she um, just was was that special person. Um, I want to uh, remind everybody that my co-host, Dr. Scott, will be um, behind the microphone next week, and I will be back with you in two weeks to uh, to go ahead and uh, get back into our usual programming of uh, uh, talking about issues that the doctors talk about or used to talk about in doctors' lounges before um, they stopped talking about it because they were afraid of being uh, um, called out on social media. So thanks once again, everyone, for being with us today. This is uh, your host, Dr. Halsher, signing off. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.